He's the T-Rex of political talk. Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. All right, folks, we are back. It's the Alex Jones Show. We are honored to be joined by Alan Watt of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. How are you today, Alan? Not too bad. Not too bad. Well, I want to get your take on this latest DHS document and really just the out-of-control nature of police officers around the country. We just played that clip where this girl is trying to call 911 for her father. She uses the naughty F word. God forbid she uses the F word because she's in a panic. And she's actually hung up on by these police officers. Then she goes down four blocks to try to, you know, report this to the police department. The only officer that's on duty is the one that took her phone calls, and she's immediately arrested. I mean, what does that say about our society? Well, we've had gradual indoctrination over 20-odd years, maybe 30, mainly through fictional media uh, entertainment, beginning even with Starsky and Hutch, which was banned in Britain at one time because they eventually started pulling their guns out on everybody they saw on every episode, uh, but now it's a standard fare. The cops are the bosses, they're the authoritarian figures, and the cops themselves come out of the same society of indoctrination, so they truly believe that they are authoritarian figures and they were, su- were supposed to obey them. Uh, they, they don't get taught that they're there to serve the public anymore, and they haven't been taught that for an awful long time. And they've got to remember, too, police are in the business of laying charges. That's their function. Mm-hmm. And if you call the cops for anything, I think really you're a fool because uh, there's even videos up there with ex-cops who are now uh, these lawyers that went into law uh, stating quite openly that that's their function is to lay charges on people. They don't care who. And they actually call on the videos up on Google. They actually call them the public stupid and explain why they're stupid because the public perception is still the old perception that the cops are there to help them. Cops are not there to help you. They're there to get charges laid on anybody for anything. It doesn't matter if you call them and they come into your house just to have a chat. Uh, if they find anything at all they can charge you with, they'll do it. And we've got to understand that's really what their purpose is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's shift gears to this latest DHS document, uh, Domestic Extremism Lexicon. I mean, this one, uh, this is the third document from DHS that we've talked about. Obviously, the fourth, if you... Uh, uh, include the Mayak report, but right out of the gates, they say this is for non-Islamic extremism in this country, and really DHS was built up under the guise that we were going to fight Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, and we needed this new agency, but nothing could be further from the truth. This is for the American public, is it not? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, but then again, uh, people who still believe that government is there to, to serve them, once again, need to get their head checked, because that went out a long time ago. The government has an agenda, and they'll lie about everything to get a law in the books, which they intend to expand as soon as it's passed. So absolutely, that's the whole key. We're going into a complete new world order where we will have no rights whatsoever. They've made that quite plain. Mm-hmm. And all they need is our compliance at every stage to accept it, uh, and then they can bring through the next part and the next part and the next part. There are no rights and freedoms anymore as far as governments are concerned. And uh, the public are now being trained that that is so as well. Absolutely. And in the U.K. right now, they have now banned 16 people from coming into the country. They're only only releasing 10 names. Who knows who the other six are? But this same woman is out there saying, 
you know what, on top of that, this ID card is great. We can play that clip. In fact, we'll play that clip uh, coming up in the next segment. She's basically saying, oh, the biometric thumb scan and your face scan will be on this card, and it's a good thing because people already have to prove who they are, and it's really inconvenient if you have to bring in your electric bill. All this nonsense. And then she says, well, it really doesn't matter anyway because 30,000 people already have it, and uh, by the end of the year, 70,000 will have it. Like you said, it's this incremental step into this new world order, and I think that's a big part of it. It's a big part, and again, it was planned a long time ago because back in the 90s, uh, on main la- mainstream uh, Canadian CBC government television, Wendy Mesler had a, a, a show where she talked about the coming ID cards in the mid-90s. Actually, it was 1998. Mm-hmm. And she talked to the manufacturers that would be manufacturing it for Canada, the U.S., and Britain. She talked to the Border Patrol guys, too, who had already implemented it on a voluntary basis back in 1998. And when she says, well, a lot of people won't like this to uh, the heads of the corporation that prints them up and makes them, uh, the guy said the public will be given no option anyway. They'll have to take it. So this is a, a plan that was made a long time ago, and it's simply being rammed through under the guise of security. Yeah, yeah and meanwhile, we have the Internet being regulated at all ends. We have this Cybersecurity Act being introduced by Jay Rockefeller. We now have H.R. 1966, the Cyberbullying Act, where really they say, oh, we have to save the children from the Internet, with literally no statistics to support their claims. For instance, they say 60% of mental health professionals who responded to a survey of Internet mental health issues report having treated at least one patient, one, with problematic Internet experiences in the previous five years. So one person in five years had a bad experience on the internet supposedly caused their mental illness we know that's not the case they're probably mentally ill or just put into that subsection so that they could heavily medicate them as that's part of the plan and then they say fifty four percent of these clients were eighteen years of age or younger i mean though that's just ludicrous so let's just shut down the internet or let's just charge people they're saying that they'll be able to charge people and convict them and they'll have to do two years in prison and yeah. pay a fine it's much, much bigger than that. Even F- FDR said, he said there are lies in politics, then there are damned lies, and then there are statistics. <laughs> because with statistics, you can prove anything you want to prove, you see. And we don't see them as lies. We think it's scientific data. That's why they're always saying it's statistics. But it's just lies just nonetheless. They have an agenda. The Internet was put out there to get everyone on it because they could not have a totally controlled society uh, without using the internet and getting us hooked on it for everything. Now we're going into a world cashless society. We're going into a world where you can't pay your rent, your mortgage or anything except through internet. So eventually, if they blacklist you, you'll be unable to pay for anything. You'll be an outcast, you'll be on the streets, and they're going to use it as a form of punishment and control on the public. That's why we've got it. And it's so many people... Yeah. So many people are out there volunteering their information, yeah. not even realizing, you know, how serious it is. When you have a Facebook page, and I have a Facebook page, I have a MySpace, but I'm not constantly updating. People put their status on there. They literally tell their life story, what I'm yeah. doing at this minute, that minute, this minute. They put up pictures from every event they've ever been to. I've never been a big picture hound. I don't really post that much stuff. But they are literally creating a profile on themselves that will be databased by this government. It's already been stated by the British and, uh, and Canadian governments. They're using everything on, on that you put up voluntarily as legal evidence should they ever have to use it against you. Absolutely. You know, I want to go and I want to play this clip 
of uh, this this monster of a woman who has banned against 16 people from her country and is gleefully talking about the coming identification cards in the United Kingdom. Hit it, Jaron. The key words for me when it comes to the identity service are security and convenience. You know, let's be clear, we already wander quite often around the streets with large amounts of personal information, utility bills, passports, other information that we need to use at the moment to prove our identity. An identity card is a more secure and convenient way to do something that we're already having to do without actually sharing as much personal data as we now have to. But I think it's right as well. When we're thinking about the convenience of how you enroll your facial image, your fingerprints, both for ID cards and incidentally for biometric passports, that we make that as convenient as possible for the public. We're used in this country to having our digital photos taken for our passports in high street outlets. I believe that we can offer that opportunity to, to people for, to have their biometric fingerprints taken as well. And we can do that in a secure way, but in a way that's also convenient to people. So it's not a white elephant, as Mr. Green is referred to. Well, look, there are 70,000, by the end of this year, there'll be 70,000 ID cards already in people's hands. There's already 30,000. They're helping foreign nationals to prove their right to be here. They're helping employers to be more secure that people have got the right to work. We're already having to prove our identity. I think it's the role of government to help people to do that more securely and more conveniently. And at the same time, to help people to protect their identity so that I can be confident that somebody else isn't pretending to be me, either so that they can commit crime or even terrorism, or that they can defraud me. It seems to me those are the sorts of protections that government has a responsibility to put in place for its citizens. If the Tories don't want to take that responsibility on, that's up to them. They'll have to explain it to the electorate. But for me, that's an important role of what government being on the side of the public is about. You see governments here to help and protect and stop set and stop terror, and she just makes up all these ludicrous lies that people are just randomly wandering around with their bills and their information and their passports. People carry their passports when they're leaving the country or entering another one. Never, I, I only carry my electric bill when I'm going to pay it, Alan. I mean, her arguments are absolutely insane. Well, there are no arguments at all. It's just a, a, a political liar giving you the spiel, and that's her job. Uh, politicians don't see the public as, um, as someone they're responsible to. They see the public as basically just a big herd that must be manipulated and lied to in order to get uh, what's right for them, what's, how they should behave and how they should act, etc. Back in the 90s, um, Canada and the U.S. and all British Commonwealth countries brought it, bought in. I mean, Canada alone bought five Super Cray computers. Australia did the same thing. These were owned by the post office of all places, and they created massive buildings for them. Uh, no one could tell us what they were for, because one Super Cray computer could handle all the data of everyone in the U.S. and Canada. And it turns out it was for the coming ID cards that we're now hearing about. This is back in the 90s. We're already building the facilities for it. We're simply living through an agenda, and it's the politician's job simply to con us to go along with this thinking it's under uh, the guise Absolutely, of and we'll be back to discuss that on the other side. It's the Alex Jones Show. We are back. 
is the Alex Jones Show. I'm Jason Burmis sitting in. We're joined by Alan Watt of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And, you know, the Bilderberg meeting, where a lot of these elites get together and really codify their agenda, we'll be meeting in about one week over in, uh, I think it's going to be in Greece this year. And we reported a couple weeks ago uh, that I think it was uh, Enyan Devenier saying that they had created the euro through the Bilderberg Group. Now, remember, the Bilderberg Group didn't exist, and then they said, oh, it's just a golf club, and they don't set any policy there. Obvious lies. However, right now, and this is stories over at PrisonPlanet.com, leaked 1955 Bilderberg documents outline plan for a single European currency almost 40 years before it was codified in 1992. Now, this isn't a surprise to you or me, Alan, but it really does speak to the fact that these guys are the policymakers. They are people who believe that they are our lords, our gods, the people who should rule over us, the masses, the sheeple, the uh, uh, chattel, if you will. I mean, those are the names they call us. And this is just f- a further illustration that they are the puppet masters behind the scenes. They're certainly one of the main groups, there's no doubt about it. But even mm. uh, John Maynard Keynes in the late, in, in the mid 40s, when they were setting up the Bretton Woods Agreement for the monetary system, when he said this is part one, part two will be a global monetary system, he said it also, too, that. Uh, the trading blocks that they would build up from then on, because they already planned to unite Europe and during World War II. Um, he said that they'll, they'll bring in a, a, a unitary currency for Europe and then a one for the Americas later, and also a global currency, although he said they wouldn't see the global currency in his lifetime. That would be the next century, which is now. We're, as I say, we're living through a script, and when you find their old books, you have no doubt about it whatsoever. So so what do you think is going to be on the agenda this year at the Bilderberg Group? I mean, again, they meet in a week. Uh, in my mind, you know, there's 144 public members. So, you know, it's kind of like this uh, compartmentalized group of people, very small. And then in another month or so, they're going to be meeting at the Bohemian Grove when you have 3,000 people there. And those people who are at the Bilderberg Group will give their agenda to their underlings at the Bohemian Grove. So you have a system where it's a need-to-know system. Some people... People are more in the know than others, and the people in the Bohemian Grove, most of them are less in the know, say, than those that attended the Bilderberg Conference. They're given an agenda, they're given a job to carry out, but they may not know why. Mm-hmm. And also, too, the, uh, I think the big the thing will be uh, the, the true bringing up of the International Monetary Fund to its proper place. They've already, they've already admitted they're going to be the world's issuers of currency. Uh, that would be part one, but also the biggest part, two is also population control. Now, they're, they're really on a roll to get the public to accept they must have population reduction by government uh, law and order, etc. Absolutely. And we played some of those clips because we had one of those heckler callers in the beginning go, oh, they want to kill 80% of us. Well, those are in their own documents. And you've got Ted Turner running around saying there's already too many people on the planet and we need to say a sustainable society. Then we actually have the World Sustainable Society, this organization with Gordon Brown and others, including the global warming czar of the Obama administration, who's openly for global governance. And in these uh, groups, they say, well, we're just going to have to take the population Population down. We have people talking about taking the population uh, from the UK from uh, it's at 60 million officially. It's probably more like 70 million down to 30 million by 2027. How is that going to be possible unless they sterilize everybody and kill half the population? Yeah, well, they're already sterilizing people. They've admitted that now it's happening. It's just a 
pure coincidence they were putting the, the very agents to sterilize us in the water and in the food since 1950 and obviously the inoculations as well certainly helped along the way but now they're going into they want the right now to mandate who can breed who cannot breed because see, it's not a matter of overpopulation and, uh, and all those statistics remember have been fudged since the days of Malthus he used graphs and charts and fake statistics and, uh, but that doesn't matter as long as the public believe it because we must acquiesce by our silence to their demands. They want the right to, to, to literally sterilize people. And that's been in the British newspapers quite recently. Uh, so that's really what it's all about. It's not there's too many people. It's too many of the wrong sort of people, you know, the ones who haven't evolved as far as those at the Bilderberger. Yeah, yeah no, they, are, they honestly believe that they should rule over us. They're smarter than us. They're more intelligent than us. And then we are just... We're, we're cannon fodder for them, and we are being groomed to be a either dead or a slave race to serve them. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be licking any boots. I'm not going to be sucking my thumb in a fetal position, just waiting them, waiting for them to give me a Baxter vaccination that's going to save me from the oh-so-dangerous swine flu. Oh, no, the swine flu is going to get us. Meanwhile, we don't have any, let me repeat this, any deaths in the United States. The two-year-old boy that died had chronic health problems. He was a premature baby. He was from Mexico. And we played you the clip where the Associated Press tries to say that swine flu killed this woman, and then they have to go, oh, well, actually, it didn't. You know, they're falling short of that. We'll be back after this, taking your calls with Alan Watt. We're on the march. The Empire's on the run. Alex Jones and the GCN Radio Network. Myself and Alan Watt. Let's go to Stephen in Texas. Stephen, you're online. Yeah, hey Jason and uh, hey Alan. Uh, just want to say first of all, uh, Jason, I want to correct you on some from this guy three hours earlier. I got his real name, this mm -hmm. hackler. Mm -hmm. uh, his real name is. Ah, first name. I don't want you. To, I don't want you to give it out. We know who it is, and a lot of people who are listening know who it is. I don't want to give him more attention than he already has. You know, he hasn't called in months and months and months, but it's just ridiculous. I mean, come on. I mean, he wants to sit here and act like a child on the program. Meanwhile, all we're doing is reading mainline news sources and articles and playing their own video clips with words coming out of their own mouth, Stephen. Yeah, well, I was just going to say it's Mo, and his last name's Ron. <laughs> okay, that's all right, his I'll real take name. That one. Yes, okay, I agree. Thank you. I just had to get that in. Okay. Um, but I wanted to say, uh, I've... Um, you know, the last couple of days, I'll tell you, you know, doing the business I do, I do health insurance. And, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, I even had somebody from the post office call me back. I had to go down there and pick up a package because they screwed up a delivery. And so the lady that called me, I, and this is what I'm doing. I'm talking now about being proactive because we've got this mentality. I'm only one person. What can I do? Uh, well, there's one person that you work with there that started that whole thing, and look what's happened as a result of what Alex has done. Well, this woman from the post office, I just happened to mention her. I said, hey, before you go, I just want to ask you, are you concerned about the economy? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, would you like to know what's behind it? And she said, sure. 
And I said, okay. And I gave her InfoWars. I told her about the Obama deception. I gave her Jason Burmis and Alex Jones. Told them when you guys are on. And she goes, you know, uh, my husband's really into talk radio. And I said, well, if you're into talk radio, you definitely want to listen to these guys. And you definitely want to get a copy of the Obama deception. And, I mean, I'm finding this more and more, Jason. People overall are more and more open to listen because of the crisis that we're in. I, I've got a guy recently who uh, is a good personal friend of mine, and this is what's really disappointing, but he's been an exception where I actually emailed a link to the article on uh, InfoWars about uh, Ashley, uh, this, this kid, the 16-year-old kid, uh, uh, that was uh, taken by DHS, you know, two months ago in mm -hmm. North Carolina. But you got to understand, so, Wired just did a story bashing Alex Jones, saying it doesn't exist. Oh, he wasn't arrested right. under the Patriot Act. Oh, you know, you can't fake an IP address. Give me a break. They went in in the middle of the night, jackboot cops. He hasn't been able to talk to his mother since. What else could they be charging him with? Yeah, and the thing is, but this friend emails me back. He says, well, I appreciate you sending this to me and thinking about me, but I don't adhere to these radical views, so please don't send me any more of that kind of stuff. So what I did, I took like over an hour, and I gave him a ton of details because he says, I definitely don't agree with you saying that Bush, the Bush family are a crime syndicate. And I just gave him a ton of stuff that I knew, and I haven't heard back from him since, so hopefully it'll give him enough to think about. But overall, I found people are being more and more receptive to this message because they know something's up, and they can see that there's something that's going down. And, if, and I tell people, if you don't wake up very soon, we're not going to have any United States of America, as we Absolutely, know we're going to be under Stephen, a total and we do have state. to be proactive, my friend, and I thank you for the call. Let's jump to Bob in Wisconsin. Bob, you're on the line. Yes, sir. Once, twice, Bob? All right, Junior in New York, you're on the air. How yes, you doing? Junior. You guys hear me? Yes, sir. All right, um, uh, basically, they passed through my neighborhood the other day doing uh, the census, and I wasn't here, but my neighbor was here. And I, I was curious, like, what could these GPS coordinates be for? I know that you guys are saying SWAT teams, but <clears throat> really... No, not SWAT. Listen, listen, I don't want to say SWAT teams. I, you know, that might be something that Alex Jones has said. And, you know, obviously they can use GPS coordinates if they want to get to your house and you're off the grid and use SWAT against you if you're a terrorist uh, underlined in this DHS document. But what it is is to create this massive control grid to document everybody's home. And that's why the Census Bureau is going to every single house and GPSing outside of your house 40 feet at the least. Alan, why don't you talk about that? What do you actually, think some can, of the... Can I just... Um, I wanted to actually ask Alan, because I know he knows... I, don't, I never really... Uh, I, I just wanted to know if he thinks that there's any possibility that they could be using these coordinates with HARP to zap targeted houses, or, you know, if they have certain people that they want to hit with the HARP. Look, before Alan answers that, that, Alan, I want you to answer that I want to answer Wars that in a second, but uh, I just want to say this. You know, they're creating a database and a control grid so they know who to go after. I don't think it has, you know, much to do with, oh, we're going to GPS everybody and now we're going to use harp weapons against them. No, they want to database everybody first, put you into different subcategories, see who the real threats are, see who the free thinkers are, and then take action from there. Alan, what's your take? Back in the 70s, I talked to a guy who worked for uh, the British uh, service, the secret service, and he told me he had a heart attack, a young fellow, mm -hmm. and he, he changed employment. He was teaching at universities, and he just mentioned one day that uh, shortly there'll be a grid system that's already underway, he said, set up for tracking via satellite everyone's homes, 
And he said, right now, and that was true at that time, we were all being trained to put down our postal codes, even though the postal codes were not used by the post office for another 15 years. He says, we're presently training the public to always write their postal code, he says, because eventually everyone will be categorized under various uh, codes. That's all he would say. What, what he really meant, I think, was political codes, etc., viewpoints, and so on. So that was part of it, and that was literally 1972. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think this is just an extension of the control grid, don't you? I mean, they want to get people that are off the grid. Uh, They want you to be a part of this huge control grid where they can zoom in on your house from a satellite. They know exactly where you live, who you are, and they have that data. They have the data, and they can do flyovers, too, and if they want to check out your house, uh, they can uh, enter Reddit and see what's in it and all the rest of it. There's a whole bunch of reasons they can use it. But also remember, they're always working on the future. And in the future for Agenda 21, depending on where you are and which region and area you're in, and they do have regions marked down across the U.S. and Canada, they want to get us all off over the next uh, 15, uh, 16 years off the land and into the overcrowded cities. So it would probably all tie together many functions all in one, the one thing going on right now. And it will be part to do with that as well. Also, remember, they're going after... Uh, the U.S. is just passing that law, putting that law through where they own all water in the United States internally. So if you happen to be on top of a nice deep well or something like that, so they might just want that, or they might not let you have access to your own water. There's a whole bunch of reasons that they're doing this for. It's all data collection for every facet of your life. Well, let's say they also pass this bill where you're not supposed to have an organic farm. It's going to be a lot easier for them once they GPS your house, realize how big it is, to just check their satellite and say, oh, my God, this guy's got a victory garden. He's a terrorist. Let's go get him. I mean, it's a total surveillance, total control grid, and that's why they want that information. Yes, and that was all part of the Star Wars. The real Star Wars program was all for for the future which is now and what's coming up uh, and tracking and coordinating, etc. It's all part of it. So when they come to you personally and, and do it in your home, remember even the guy who reads your, your electric meter uh, punches that little GPS satellite when he punches in the, the meter readings. He also punches in where he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they've been doing this for years. Absolutely. Let's jump to Devin in California. Devin, you're on the air. Yes. Sir. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Uh, we got you, Devin. You fall off, Greg from Florida. You're on the air, Greg. Man, we just can't get these phones right. Take my call. You got Hello? it. Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, hey uh, I just wanted to go over a few things. I, uh, I'm, I was in the U.S. military. I got out uh, in 2004, and I'll tell you, when I went to boot camp in Arizona, South Carolina, mm-hmm. we had tons, like probably more than half the platoon was foreigners. Mm-hmm. And our entire platoon graduated from boot camp, including uh, one foreigner who was on light duty the entire time. He didn't do any of the runs with us, none of the hikes with us, anything. It was really mm-hmm. sad. All right. Well, also, Greg, why don't you hold on one second? I, I just want you to speak to that. Uh, why don't you explain to, to people, Alan, how we are now being, you know, our military is being integrated with NATO and foreign military forces for this new global system? Well, under the plan for, I think it was called Fortress America, it was in the papers maybe three years ago, uh, or 90, uh, 2005, in fact. They said that uh, Canadian forces, U.S., Mexican, and other Latin American countries were already amalgamating. 
But the second part of it all was, and you've seen this in the paper too, that not only will the, the whole of the Americas amalgamate, we've now to amalgamate also with the European Union community. Mm. So they're, they're creating a, a, a new world army. That's been in the press in the European papers. Uh, a, a world army, and every country will send members uh, to it to be part of this world army. Uh, so this is all part of it. It's a multicultural force. Uh, I think about 15 years ago in the... the um, uh, that comes from Foreign Relations' own magazine, Foreign Affairs, they said it had world meetings to discuss how to create this new world army because it was one thing, it was easier to get you to stand up for your old tribal emblems, your flag, etc., the songs and all that, and the uniforms, but how would they make, create a, a cohesive international army? And so they, were, they put whole, um, whole groups of specialists on that particular problem that comes from Foreign Relations. They're still working on it. To, to create this integrated force. And as long as we pay them very well, as always, as Stalin said the same thing, and create the, the brotherhood idea that they're special, more special than the civilians, then they hope to use these techniques to bind them together into a truly international force. So it's quite right. We're, we're going through that now. We have been for quite a few years. Yeah, but it's really in full force right now. I mean, we're yeah. talking about, you know, earlier today we talked about Marine Corps civilian police, and we had yeah. another military guy call in and say, yeah, a lot of my guys are getting deployed, and now it's dudes who are making $14 an hour who we hire off the street, not the MPs anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's because they are, first of all, integrating a police state here at home. They're trying to blur yeah. the lines between the military and the police. They're trying to get rid of posi comitatus, and they're getting us ready for global government and a global military force that you're going to see at the national level exercise. Exercise 09 coming up at the end of July into the beginning of August, headed by FEMA, uh, you know, working with the UK, Australia, uh, Canada, and Mexico in a terrorist prevention act like no one has ever seen. This is the first drill to prevent terror after terrorism occurs in another country. Let's jump to our next caller, Anne in New York. You're on the line. I just want to say that I'm new to you, mm-hmm. and I'm so proud that you are doing what you're doing, that there's a place, that there's a voice that we can hear that, that is just focusing on what's really going on. Well, thank you. And thank you. Um, the, and I want to touch on three things. I'm going to be real quick. I'll share this with you. I have uh, two different passports plus a green card. Mm-hmm. And I was recently robbed, and I had to go and get my state ID back. Mm-hmm. Now, I got my state ID originally four years ago, mm-hmm. um, and when I went to get it back, there is, they have now added something to the form in New York City, which makes you divulge whether you have ever had a Canadian driver's license, if you have an active one, and it makes you put down your driver's license number on this form. Well, right now, Canada is enforcing a new ID system where if you take the new ID card, I think they're going to be issuing them on oh, yes, June 1st. No, no, I understand that. But right now, well, they're trying to blur the line. They're trying to create this North American Union. So if you take your RFID, national ID card in Canada, then you won't have to wait in the border. You'll just have your thing. Oh, you got your card? Go ahead. And they're going to do the same thing in Mexico and America. They want to integrate this into a a, a new system. And that was exposed in the Security and uh, Prosperities Partnership Agreements. Why don't you speak to that really quickly there, Alan? Yes, and also the the EU have said that they have a central computer with all the data of Canadians and the U.S. citizens who have that card. So it is an, an actual fact, an international, it's your international ID card. Exactly. Even under the, it even said that in it, it could go under the guise of a license, it didn't matter, it is the international ID card. Exactly. And what else you got for me? It's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, and we know it's here. that's the frightening part. 
You know, and I, I'm just so glad you're alerting more and more Americans. And this bill, H.R. 875, how realistic is that? I mean, I've sent letters to the New York Times, to Eden Foods, to every organic group that I can think of, and the, any response I've gotten back from organic farmers is that they've never even heard of this. Well, that's that's absolutely correct. They haven't heard of it, and they're keeping it on the low, but it's as real as it gets. They always talk about it after they've passed some kind of legislation towards it. They, they've, they have programmed us to think that GMO foods are going to save us, and you don't need organic farming. In fact, organic farming is bad because it doesn't go through the proper processes, and that's the reason we have swine flu and bird flu outbreaks and people are unhealthy. Meanwhile, these GMO foods are set out to destroy our immune systems, to really hurt us, to sterilize us. Speak to that, Alan. There's no doubt about it. There, there, if I talk, and I read from their own articles, the, the big players on depopulation agendas, I keep asking the public, what do you think they mean by that? It, just a wish uh, list of things they'd love to do at Christmas time in Santa Claus. Or that. They actually implement them. Mm-hmm. You cannot ask for volunteers, so you simply implement them. And you're quite right for the GMO food. Uh, I mean, look at all this, the guys behind Obama. Uh, he's mm-hmm. even got guys there who work for Monsanto on his, his staff there, and they, in fact they put the bills forward for this particular one. And we've had it from the, the Economic Union, we've had it from Britain, from all the Prime Ministers. They want the GMO to be the sole ruler, basically f- uh, food-wise, for the whole planet. That's the way it's been mandated. That's why no one can sue Monsanto anywhere. Uh, that's why doors open for Monsanto and judges know to leave them alone. It's a must-be, because as far as I'm concerned, you see, food comes under military-industrial complex. It's the oldest trick in the book. Control the food or the water, you control the people. Therefore, uh, Monsanto is part of the military-industrial complex. Absolutely, and Anne, I hope you look into Codex Elementarius. There's a lot of scary things within that. I thank you for the call. Let's jump to Johnny in Indiana. Johnny, you're on the line. Yes, sir. Hello, Jason. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, I wanted to comment about Ashton, the Ashton Lumbee case. Okay. Um, it's here in my town in Southern Indiana, and I heard about it on your show, and I became actively involved in her case, mm-hmm. and uh, I uh, brought it to the attention of all my uh, media outlets, and uh, it created such such a uh, an outcry that the uh, the U.S. attorney had to respond with it with a press release. And what did they say? Um, they downplayed it. Mm-hmm. Um, they commented on, on the charges and. And I talked to Annette at least three times a day since I heard about the case. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uh, commented on what he was being charged with, and they said that she had uh, access to her child, but that never bothered to, to go see him. And, you know, again, uh, you know, I've got to know more about this case, but I don't think it's right that you come in in the middle of the night, you pick up a 16-year-old kid because of a supposed bomb threat. Uh, the kid seems to have an alibi. The mother's telling a different story from what the authorities are telling. You know, time will tell whether this pans out or not. And, you know, I encourage people to go check into it themselves. Let's jump to Bill in, uh, what do we got, Bill in Connecticut? You're on the air. Yeah, Connecticut. Yep. What you doing, Jason? How you doing, sir? Good. Hey, a um, couple things uh, pertaining to HR 875. I was just trying to find it here because I was going to email it over to you, but I actually got a response back from uh, Jim Himes mm-hmm. uh, pertaining to that because the the Rosa, what's her name, Delarosa or Rosa? I think Deloro, De Rosa, Rosa yeah. Deloro uh-huh. was the the woman who turned around and put that out, and mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting because in his response, he was basically saying that she was not uh, married to. Um, you know, one of the guys that actually works at Monsanto. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Greenberg. But but she is married to this guy, right? 
Hold over on the other side. We'll be back after this. It's the Alex Jones Show. We're with Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. bunch of news we just got one of the census forms so i'm going to be hitting that up i missed so much today including uh let me see what did i miss 666 goldman's latest bonus bears the mark of the beast clause vetoes czech republic approval of the lisbon treaty uh protein sciences enter deal to run vaccine factory in mexico and much much more including this web 2.0 summit that i wanted to talk about today as well uh, we've got Alan Watt of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com on the line. And, uh, Bill, continue. Anyway, I just emailed that to Rob D. Mm-hmm. So I re- emailed you the copy of the, the letter that I had gotten from uh, Jim Himes. Mm-hmm. But he, he was basically sitting there saying that, you know, he doesn't, you know, he's going to vote this down, so on and so forth. But he actually did address that thing in there pertaining to her husband. I called his office. Well, whether they're related or not, this is a bad bill. We should be able to go oh, on our own. Oh, oh, it's an awful bill. You're right. It, it's off the charts awful, and we do need to oppose it. I thank you for the call, Bill. Alan, what are your closing closing thoughts on this bill? I mean, a lot of people are obviously concerned. You, you know, we don't want Monsanto in charge of our, our food consumption, do we? No, but I, th- I think, to be honest with you, um, it, it already is. Um, Monsanto, after Daniels, Midlands, and a few others, there's five of them all together, were set up to take over and be the, 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 the big agribusiness companies for the entire planet. They're in every country across the, the, the planet, doing the same things at the same time. And we've had top politicians, prime ministers, come out uh, in Europe saying that they're going to make it, um, like they, uh, give it a complete go-ahead to be GMO, everything GMO, the United Nations, remember, the Department of Agriculture said when they were set up that their job eventually was to distribute all food across the world to every block. That's, that's the U.S. block, the European block, etc. Mm-hmm. And they said that that will be used as coercion to bring down their populations. You won't get more rations if you have more populations. They'll simply reduce it. Uh, so it's, it's used as a, a weapon. And the woman who was in charge of the U.N. at that time uh, for that department said that food has always been used as a weapon. We've got to understand it still is. And the old ideas of freedom and being uh, self-sufficient are are under the hammer because in an interdependent world, and what they mean by interdependence is right down to personal interdependence. It means you will be dependent on them and their system for everything you need to live. Exactly. No more individualities, no more individual human rights, and that's why they put that in that WHO document so that they can quarantine you, vaccinate you, and kill you if they want. That's the bottom line. Alan Watt, thank you for joining us. The website is cuttingthroughthematrix.com.